tell you guys, nothing could have happened other than exactly what did happen. That's such expert analysis, Eric. I really like how you dive deep into the uh, the details there. Mm. Well, Micah, I know you were a details man, so why don't you uh, recap the Emmys for us? Just uh, completely unexpected. <laughs> <laughs> So, guys, oh. all of our Emmy discussion, uh, we haven't forgotten about it, but we will be uh, delivering that to you in the following episodes. Just FYI, all of our thoughts. We don't want to th- uh, be accused of omitting it, but we're going to wait until we're four strong, get Zach back in here to talk about his thoughts. Cause, get uh, Zach. He's a little bit more familiar with how that sort of thing works. So, uh, that is what we will be doing, and today... And we have an, a lot to talk about today, because it's a Sansa chapter, and we haven't had one of those in a long time. There really were two sides to the Lannisters, as we saw in this chapter, and I wanted to bring that up kind of first, because Joffrey's just this little monster, and yeah. it's completely terrible at everything, but Tyrion really has a lot of heart, and a lot of smarts, and a lot of... It's, it's really... They're really not... You wouldn't even know that they were related. Well, you know, you know, it's it's so funny with. I mean, this, Sansa's entire story is so based on the idea of a physical beauty not matching with with inner beauty, if you will. And I think that that's such a good example this week. Just the Lannisters in general, but we've got the Hound as well, of course. But the Lannisters, who are all just physically perfect, blonde, tall, gorgeous, but they are corrupt and evil and messed up and as that's hell. Just even even my boy Jamie. I mean, you know, like like <laughs> sleeping with his sister, that's not cool as much as I like him. But then we've got Tyrion who is who looks nothing like them. He is ugly. Sansa, the first thing she always notices is how ugly he is and yeah. how unattractive. And yet he is his his he's actually the only one of them that's like halfway decent. Yeah. Halfway A heart decent. of half gold. <laughs> yes, there you go. Or half heart of gold. Hmm. You touched on this, Selena, and I th- and I thought that it was it'd be cool to point this out. Sansa actually has several allies in this chapter, uh, at least yeah. as as much as you can call them allies. You you people have people certain- that take pity on her, I guess. Yeah, but at the same time, I think people who are looking to help her for whatever reason, Sir Dantos could be. Um, you know, considered somebody who's looking out for her best interest, though we're not entirely sure what his motives are. You know, he met with her previously in the Godswood, uh, in an earlier chapter to, and promised to take her away. The Hound, who clearly just has something, um, for her, what that is, is <sighs> to be determined. And then Tyrion, once he shows up. And so I actually think that Sansa is more protected than you know, it, it appears to be, even though she suffers some physical harm. I think she's she's a damsel in distress, and I think that you can just tell that the the more decent, relatively speaking, the more decent people who actually have like souls are the ones who are drawn to try to help her, like the Hound and Tyrion. The problem is, I wouldn't say she's any more protected because ultimately the king can do anything that he wants, as Joffrey says. Essentially, it's it's the same thing with why Ned Stark died right in front of Varys and Cersei, and you know they were all shocked by it, but it still happened because the king willed it. However. It's moments like these when Joffrey realizes how in- incompetent he is or how incapable he is of ruling um, properly because he's not taking into account, and Tyrion points this out, the girl's honor. 
You know, mm. Sansa's honor is, is, is being besmirched here. She, he's whipping her. He's beating her, having her beaten, bloody, naked, humiliating in the public. Um, you know, right in front of her. And he's got, he's still slated to marry her. Like what a freaking dumbass. Like he'll never have a marriage of love, but that's a foregone conclusion anyway. He'll never, I mean, how can anybody look on those two and say, what a happy couple? Or, oh, that's nice. After when Joffrey pulls shit like this. Yeah, perhaps I didn't use the the best word to describe the, the situation, but I just feel that she has more allies than perhaps she realizes and perhaps the readers initially realized. Just because, and I'm not entirely sure it's because they all take pity on her. I, I think that there are some that have a clear vested interest in her safety and her hopefully eventually getting out of the situation that she's in. And I agree with what you said, Eric. I think that Joffrey comes across in this chapter as just being completely and utterly demented. Yeah. Uh, and, and not just for his treatment of Sansa, but also the fact that he shot some you know, townsmen who came up to the gates and, the and were begging for bread. How much did that break you guys' heart? Yeah. The cat lying there dying. I was like, no. Yeah. Right. And, and okay, I won't, I won't, you know, dismiss, you know, animals here, but I, I just think the way that he treats his townsfolk is reflected of him as a ruler. And the fact that he has no problem going up and putting an arrow, you know, through the throat of one of his own people and similarly you know some woman who was just right next to him but he said oh i missed her i got her in the arm like this kid is seriously messed up in the head and he shouldn't be allowed to touch these sorts of things like no weapons are not good joffrey you're not allowed yeah. to touch them well here's me playing devil's advocate here for a second is it his fault because he tells uh Tyrion that his mother tells him to rule with fear over ruling w with love. Um, and that's kind of what, so we know Cersei believes this. Uh, I think she says so, um, often that she really wants people to fear the king and that that will keep people in check. So that's really the playbook that Joffrey is using is his mother's have everybody hate you or fear you playbook. I mean, you think that it's, I mean, at some point it comes down to her guidance of, of Joffrey. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh -huh. Um, and it comes, you know, it's come down to as well the fact that all around him, he's just got these brainless brutes who are just like, yeah, you know, let's go with the one who has power. Like, what's his face? The guy that was beating Sansa in this chapter. Mm -hmm. It's just terrible. Uh, but Sir I Boris. mean, look, ult ultimately, Boris, yeah. Ultimately, Tyrion is able to so deftly, um, you know, call, Call, write it right down the situation when he says uh to joffrey that uh remember the last king that got everything he wanted was Aerys targaryen he he did what he wanted as well and i thought that was really sharp um and really relevant to the situation considering Aerys was removed yeah mm -hmm. i i think that it just paints a picture though of how ultimately joffrey is is looking to rule in king's landing the fact that you know, he's blaming Sansa for what's happened, um, you know, to, is it Sir Stafford Lannister and Stafford. what Rob was able to do, uh, in sort of winning that small battle in, in taking over that Lannister camp. So, you know, indirectly she has to bear the brunt of his 
rage, you know, and, and he, he's making an example of her. He's saying, this is the only Stark that I have available to me, and this is the only way that I can show that I'm a powerful ruler is by taking out everything that's happened on her. And yet she's only a teenage girl. And you have these grown men who are literally beating her, punching her in the stomach, ripping her clothes off, exposing her naked in front of an entire, you know, court of people. And, you know, right. she's being laughed at. She's being mocked. And somebody brought up earlier, this is supposed to be the future queen, his future queen. And yet he's treating her with such a level of disrespect when all she's doing is trying to say the right things to make sure that she doesn't yep. anger him even more. I mean, she's she, nobody is equipped well enough to deal with Joffrey's madness like this. Like there's nothing that the hound could prepare her for nothing. You know I mean? Like at the beginning of the chapter, he's like, the longer you wait, the worse it'll get. But really there's nothing. I mean, he's out for blood and blood is what he gets from her. And, and, and it's all based off of an exaggeration anyway. You know, obviously the battle did happen. Rob Stark is kicking ass. Rob Stark's wolf is kicking ass. Let's yeah. just be okay. clear about okay. that. That's, he wouldn't be anywhere without that direwolf. Yeah, well, that's it's a good thing that he has that. It's a good tool. Um, but essentially, you know, there's this lie. Lancel believes that they were um, using sorcery. Um, Tyrion has a great line as well that says sorcery is just a, a way for men to excuse failure. Yes. Oh my gosh, you keep taking my owns, dude. I'm sorry. There are <laughs> this is the second time. There are in a, a few. Row. There are a few. You can still make it your own. I mean, obviously I we're will, not I at will that do. point yet, but but you know what I mean. Like essentially, it's Joffrey's crimes that he was, you know, beating Sansa for were all exaggerations anyway. So he's just out for blood, and he's taking it out on his wife. It's just if, if there was ever a fast track to get your throat slit in bed while you were asleep by your own wife. Joffrey is really hitting every mark. Yeah, absolutely. And we get to that scene where he's about to, you know, take out all of his feelings upon her. And, you know, she thinks to herself, the only reason that I'm still alive is because Jamie is being held captive by Rob. Mm. You know, if, if, if some, she even thinks back in the, in the beginning of the chapter, she says, Oh no, if the Kingslayer is dead, I'm dead, basically, because yeah. that's the only thing right now that's keeping me alive. And I thought it was really comedic. It's probably the only comedic moment in this chapter, aside from some of Tyrion's quips, is when Sir Dantos steps up and says, no, no, let me do the beating. And you know, he takes a melon out, and he starts hitting her on the head with a melon, and all the juice is just like getting all over her and it's you know it's him being the fool playing the fool but at the same time he's trying to save her from further abuse which unfortunately doesn't work yeah it's really it's really it's terrible it's just he should have used it's a all, fish. But it's all about <laughs> that wouldn't have smelled any better you should have used a sturgeon I, i'm just saying and not only that though i had a question for you guys the the initial um task is given to the hound not to Sir Boros and Sir Merrin. Yeah, how does the Hound just get out of it? <laughs> He's just well, like, it's because Danto steps in and yeah. acts like an idiot. But yeah. my question was, would the Hound have done it? I don't I, think he, he would have done it. I think I think he would have done it. I mean, he would have. I think that it's a point where he would have probably earlier on in the in the book. I think he does hit her, but just less hard than anyone else probably would have done. The Hound is not at the point yet where in Blackwater. He's like, fuck the city. 
fuck the king. Yeah. You know, it's he, he's he's not it, it's not the moment for him to stand directly up to. So yes, if Joffrey weren't so damn uh you know, distractible, um, you know, and he would have gone back to the hound to to see fit. I mean, if the hound is really his only loyal servant, but Joffrey's got these other as you said, Selena, like mindless goons that are soulless and are willing to beat well a a woman and b this royalty you know this daughter of the starks it's bad enough that ned stark died there under similar circumstances you know to to then beat his daughter in public is an abomination yeah it is it's terrible i mean there's nothing really to say about that except that it's 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 really hard to read but as usual and fortunately Thank God. It is Tyrion Lannister to the rescue. Yes. And like a knight. This is the thing about Sansa's story that I love so much is that she's she's forced to, you know, she comes into the story, this little girl who's just like, oh, a knight and he's beautiful and I love him. <laughs> and she even has like Lancel Lannister. She's always admired him because everything that she thought was good about these knights that he embodies that because he's so pretty. And yeah. here her actual knight in shining armor is Tyrion Lannister, this man who she describes as being so grotesque. She's like fascinated by looking at him. And it's, it's just, it's a really good character growth moment for her, even though it's, it's so harsh, but it's, it's good still to see her learn. Yeah. Yeah. Here's your knight. Here's your savior. He's not Mm. what you were expecting. Yeah. Deal with it. And she's still at this point. I mean, Sansa's journey, it's so slow, which is one of the things that makes it so good. Um, because she doesn't go through like some kind of transformation overnight, you know, she's, she doesn't turn around and say, oh, well, Tyrion saved me. He must be amazing. I must realize the truth. This, she takes a small step this up, this, this uh, chapter. She realizes that these knights, just because they're pretty, doesn't make them quote unquote true knights, but she still has a bit of that shallowness. It's just, it's really great. I really enjoy it. Her husband to the rescue. Aww. Her husband to be I can't wait to see rescue. more of these two together. Oh, yeah, good point. <laughs> I ship Sansarian. Tyrionsa? I don't know what it Tyrionsa. is. But yes, absolutely. Yeah, I like that. I do too. You're cute. Or it's a it's an interesting um constellation. Yeah, but way. really Tyrion's just doing what he knows to be, you know He's a good person. I mean ultimately yeah. But also, she shouldn't be there in the first place, being whipped in public. That is no. being beaten. It, it's just not – it's not okay. Yeah. And no. the other part of it too is Tyrion's thinking about his brother, right? He's thinking about the fact that if all this harm comes to Sansa and you know, say something happens to her uh, because of just the severity with which she's being beaten – there, he's not yeah. going to be in a position to negotiate to bring his brother back. And that sounds like a, a horrible thing to bring up, but I do think that that's something that's in his mind somewhere. I'm sure it is, but I think in the moment he's he's doing it because he's protecting her. But you're probably right. I mean, this probably is a is a case of... But I think even though Jamie hadn't been captured, I still think he would have stepped in and stopped Joffrey from doing this. Yeah, you know, you're right. I tend to agree with that. I think that he's just, he has a good heart and, you know, he, just the fact that he's willing to step in, that he's willing to then take care of her. And interesting how the hound is the one who hands over his cloak, um, you know, for her to, you know, use and, and cover herself up after she's been stripped pretty much naked, um, 
from the top down. It's amazing that people don't call the hound on that sooner, you know, call the hound out on that sooner. That Joffrey doesn't really like realize it, you know, but right. Yeah. And Tyrion, you know, he tells her the true story of what happened between Rob and the Lannisters. And, you know, I, th- I thought there was this really cool mention of how essentially that the Rob was marching with the old gods of the North by his side, the fact that he's just been able to win battle after battle after battle. This one was quite clever. I mean, they caused a stampede and there were no sentries and the direwolf went in, scared all the horses. And there you go. It's like, uh, <laughs> it's all just, the horses fault. They, they basically trampled most of the Lannister men. At least that's what I took away from it. Yeah. Yeah. It's me too. And it's just like, wow, that's all the things that I don't know. Clearly the men, Lannister men were, were incompetent. They were not able to, to handle the situation, that sort of situation. It was a perfect plan. And, and they didn't even have to bloody themselves. The, the Stark men. What did, what did you guys think of the quote where Tyrion says, Rob is Tywin's bane? And Joffrey is mine. He basically removed himself from anything related to the battle right now. Yeah, I mean, as long as it doesn't prevent him from saving people like Sansa when Rob does stuff like that and there need to be repercussions. You know what I'm saying? Like, he just, in terms of further future planning, I think he's really glad that he is where he is, Tyrion. Um, and, and let's face it, Joffrey is a big enough problem that it's already more for one man to handle, you know? Right. Well, there's that moment where he talks about, uh, you know, not insulting the king, he, that he was in fact educating his nephew. <laughs> and I thought that was great. And he, he, he tells Sir Boros basically, the next time you speak, you're dead. So, STFU. Okay, please, thanks. What? I figured we got to bring new age into this a little we bit. We have right? to bring <laughs> new age into it. We were talking uh, on the last episode how Renly's all new age. Do you think Tyrion would have got along with Renly? Do you think they would have uh, gotten along well together? Probably. That's uh, that sort of thing we'll have to save for uh, – we'll have to rely on Tumblr now to generate. Yeah, just uh, just kind of one final thing to note in this chapter. Uh, Sansa gets these, these chills as she's being brought back to the Tower of the Hand, and it's noted that she hasn't been back there since her father has been killed. And the other interesting point was also that she's staying in Arya's old bedchamber. Yes, yes, of course. It's funny because both Arya and Sansa in their last two chapters, they've thought about each other. But from Arya, it was like, oh, if I see Sansa again, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll bend the knee. She'll like that. And from Sansa, there's still not a lot of Arya missing going on in Sansa's head. You know, she's still kind of like, oh, yeah, it's Arya's bedchamber. Cool. It is, <laughs> yeah. it is cool to see these sisters, though, completely out, you know, different ends of the country. Um, thinking about each other and kind of it coincides in timeliness. They're basically thinking of each other at roughly the same time. I, I agree with Selena though. I think that there's definitely more of Arya thinking about Sansa right now than there is the reverse. Uh, yeah. And this, this was kind of the first time that we were able to see that. And Sansa really lies here for the first time. And I think it's, it's the trigger moment where she realizes how well she can lie. And I'm not talking about, how she says that she really uh, loves Joffrey and all this other nonsense that uh, people can tell that she's lying, especially the Hound. I'm talking about at the end of the chapter when she lies to Tyrion about why she wants to go back uh, to her to her own yeah. uh, bed, you know, so that she can sneak out and hopefully meet up with Sir Dantos later on that evening. You know, Tyrion 
you know, it believes what she's saying. She invokes her dead father. It's, uh, <laughs> it's quite cunning of a, of a, and she's learning how to lie. I mean, this is just another small development on her part. But ultimately it's Tyrion's sympathy for her that, that leads him to let, let her go. You know, yeah, of course. I'm curious though, when Tyrion says that he has nightmares as well, or I'm no stranger to nightmares, I think is the line. I'm wondering what he's referring to. I, I have, that's a good question. Do you think he's being literal? Um, do you think he actually suffers from nightmares? Do you think his daily life is a nightmare or what, what's he trying to say? I don't know. I yeah. don't know. I don't know. But, uh, yeah. I mean, overall, it was a pretty, pretty short chapter, I thought, uh, compared to, the one that we read earlier in the week with Catalan. So, um, but a lot of stuff taking place here and just a very, very disturbing chapter. I think Selena, you pointed it out after the last chapter we read, which, you know, even though it had a bit of tension, it was kind of funny. There were some good moments that we could, uh, talk about. Whereas in this chapter, it's just very, yeah. very disturbing. But so a good I chapter. It's time for owns. Owns. And, you know, I've been picking up slowly on how Tyrion makes some cooking references, um, <laughs> references to food and cooking and, and just all around a good time. So my own for this has to go to the quote I paraphrased earlier, uh, which says, sorcery is the sauce, men spoon over failure to hide the flavor of their own incompetence. Oh, damn it. That's mine. <laughs> I don't know what to pick now. You, you've but stole it's, it's Selena's owns multiple times now throughout the course of this weekend. Yes. Well, you know, I, I just, I had to give it, I, I had alike. to give mine, I had no choice. I had to give mine to Tyrion because I can't do it when there's a Tyrion chapter. I have to do it when there's somebody else's chapter. You know that. True. I, that's I have, true. I that's that true. It's like I your only chance. I do not give an own to a person whose POV it is. Right. Well, well okay, should. well. I think I, I want to give mine to uh, to Sir Dantos this time then for doing his very best to uh, to protect Sansa from Joffrey's horribleness, even All though staying whatever. Yeah, and while we we may have we might blah, we might have our own theories about why Sir Dantos is doing what he's doing, I think this just proves that he he in his own way is trying to be a knight. And, you know, Sansa remarks on how ironic it is that he's the only one here. You know, him and and the Hound and Tyrion are the only ones who are not knights, and they're the only ones behaving chival chivalrously. Yes. And Micah. He's also a knight or... Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Sir, Sir Micah. Yes. No, I uh, I give mine to, uh, to Tyrion as well. Uh, when he says, if it gives you any solace, I do not intend that you ever wed Joffrey. No oh. marriage will reconcile Stark and Lannister after all that has happened, I fear. More's the pity. The match was one of King Robert's better notions if Joffrey hadn't mucked it up. Oh. Yes. Go Tyrion. So we got some Tyrion. We got some pro-Robert love from, or remarks from Tyrion. Very good. Well, as our listeners know, uh, we source owns from you. We ask you what your owns are and we usually announce them right around this time of the show after we've given our own we actually have some owns that we gathered uh through the various outlets that we will talk about in just a few moments are we waiting a few moments <laughs> are we inviting the listeners to wait with us let's, uh, guys guys let's just sit quietly and wait for a few moments no, no, that's no, the nice few, i the like few, it the few moments <laughs> is when we're going to tell them how they can reach us but first we're going to actually announce the owns. oh i thought first we were taking a little break and you know allowing for contemplation and and stillness in ourselves. No. Oh. So the first own comes from Amy Christina. 
Amy says, my roommate's boyfriend is spending the night in our dorm, so I'm listening to Game of Owns on my iPod to drown out anything I'd rather not <laughs> <Jesus>. hear. <laughs> that's hmm. the best use of podcasting I've ever heard. <laughs> Guys, that's pretty much why we podcast, let's be honest. Um, <laughs> but of course, that does not have to do with the chapter at hand. Still, we enjoyed hearing it. Thank you, Amy. Uh, and our next own go- comes from Hannah Gann, who says, in Sansa's chapter, Joff says, quote, she has the blood of a wolf. Tyrion replies, quote, and you have the wits of a goose. I, Verbal in oh, slap. Tyrion. I'm surprised that you guys didn't actually give that one to True. Him. Very true. But, um, or you. Yeah, or me. But uh, Hannah, thank you for submitting that. Those two owns were submitted to us via Twitter, um, which, by the way, our address on Twitter is twitter.com slash game of owns. That's the name of the show game of owns so just type in at game of owns and you can send us your owns in lightning speed but another method that you can use to send us your owns is email and you can contact us at contact at game of with anything at all as it pertains to the show or the podcast or you know all of those things we actually have an email this week don't we micah yes we do um and this goes back to uh, our last episode, um, an own for the Catalan chapter. And this is from Beth Meyer, who's writing to us from Boulder, Colorado. So, uh, you know, we hope everything is okay out there with you, um, given the, uh, the recent flooding that's taken place out there. And she says, uh, in solidarity with my fellow Coloradoans, uh, my own goes to Durin God's Grief. Number one, for having such a great name. Number two, for starting the trend of ghastly weddings in Westeros. Uh, but mostly three, for giving the water god the finger through rebuilding with great engineering. <laughs> Say it with me. Hey, Storm, you might break my house this time, but you can't break my spirit. So, hey, uh, Storm. <laughs> yeah, it's we just hope- like an X-Men You might break here. my house with me. Wait, Definitely this- uh, appropriate given what's happening out there. So uh, like I said earlier, Beth, we hope everything's okay. Uh, she does go on to say honorable mention goes to the peach. Uh, before <laughs> the past week, we were enjoying the most amazing peaches from the western slope of the Rockies. If high garden peaches compare and they sound like they do, then Stannis' outlook on life would be greatly improved if he just tried the peaches. Catalan said that Renly had a cheerful way of grieving. Well, of course, he'd just eaten that awesome peach. Mm-hmm. You know, I never thought, could we just think that maybe Stannis is such an a-hole because he's just malnourished? <laughs> like, like, do you think Melisandre is withholding uh, important nutrients? I mean, like, they did they did live off onions for a very long time. Crucial so, nutrients from him. Yeah. That's Melisandre's whole it tactic. It just makes him, you know, makes him, makes him sour and bitter and makes other people cry. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. no sugar at all on, on, on dragons. And uh, one so. final email here from Robin Lane who of course is at the left lane on Twitter. She's, she's using email this week though. So we appreciate that. Uh, She says, hello, Lords and lady. Uh, Just wanted to send my own in for Catalan's chapter. Uh, My own goes to Stannis for the sick burn. He lays down on Renly. I loosely quote Renly says, you'll be happy to know my wife came to my bed a maid. Stannis replies, in your bed, she's likely to die that way. Sick. Well, so it's nice to actually reach in and get some moans from previous episodes, as well as this one. And please, guys, uh, feel feel free to own ahead of us. Uh, and when we get to the relevant chapter in our read-through of the Clash of Kings book, we will be sure to include your own on our episode. 
Once again, that email is contact at gameofowns.com. <laughs> all yes. together now. <laughs> contact at gameofowns.com. And we have a Facebook wall as well. Thank you all who have scrawled on our wall thus far this week. And I um, hope that you all appreciated the photo of winter that I shared up there. Um, I know some of you did, and some of you found it to be absurd. But that's okay. Uh, we are at facebook.com slash gameofowns for you to go see uh, our wall yes. and scroll on our podcast. Scroll uh, on our wall. Would like to uh, to thank uh, Grisha, Celine, Amanda, and Alicia for liking that great cartoon of Renly, Stannis, and Catelyn. So we will continue to por- post more funny things like that uh, on our Facebook wall. We've we've had a lot of fun with different memes uh, throughout the course of the last couple of weeks, and I think that's really the the best place to post them. I know people really enjoy them, and they'll share them from time to time. Uh, we did have one not too long ago of um, our good friend uh, Miley. Yes, and Carl Drogo. Uh, so be sure to check that out. We're not going to spoil it, but suffice it to say it has something to do with a recent performance of hers. Mm. <laughs> no. And, uh, also a uh, a great one from website Memes Landing, uh, which uh, is part of a larger network of websites you may have heard of, including MuggleNet.com. Uh, but this one has a picture of a polar bear at the top, which says the most endangered northern mammal, and then a picture of the Starks below with the caption "Bitch, please." <laughs> so uh, we do have a lot of fun yeah, on Facebook. Funny. So be sure to check it out, like, comment, share, uh, and we will interact with you as well. One other thing you can do, of course, is head on over to iTunes and leave us a rate and review. It still is the month of September, so nothing less than five stars is acceptable. Uh, as mentioned on last episode, we've been reading your reviews. We've enjoyed reading them um, on the show and sharing with everybody else, and we thank you for taking the time to do that. Yes, thank you. And our next chapters that we will be getting into, well, first up is a Catlin chapter, followed by a John chapter. Ooh, it'll be nice Ooh. to be north of the wall again. And then a Bran chapter. So we've actually got... Uh, Things are, are very interesting and happening in different places, up and coming. So stay yes, tuned yeah. for that. Thank you all for listening. I'm Eric Skull. I am Selena Wilkin. And I'm Micah Tannenbaum. <laughs> and that's it, I think. Live long and prosper. Have a great weekend, everybody. Have a great weekend, everybody.